Welcome to day 22 of Shaped by the Word, season 3, the story of the prophets. Uh, we've enjoyed uh, reading the prophets. We've just barely begun our journey. Uh, this group of guys that find ourselves in the back of our Old Testament uh, that cover a period of about 300 years. And it is a, a very serious time in the history of Israel as Israel has moved further and further away from the heart of God and is about to go into exile and symbolically go back into uh, slavery in the land of Egypt. And uh, we wish we knew a lot more about these prophets. All of them are very colorful characters by their oracles. Uh, we've been reading Hosea, and we find ourselves in the middle of his prophecy. And Hosea is, is one of the more interesting prophets because he is called in his life to model the heartache uh, that Yahweh feels with the nation of Israel that they broken covenant with him. He is to marry a wife who will be unfaithful to him. And not only will she be unfaithful to him, he is, he is called to buy her back after she has sold herself into prostitution. And all three of his kids you know, have prophetic names. His first son is called Jezreel, which announces God's judgment on the house of Jeroboam uh, for Jehu's overzealous uh, you know, execution of Ahab's family. Uh, he was called to bring an end to Ahab's family, but he went well beyond that. And then, of course, the, the second kid who is born is called Lo-Rahama, which means I am not loved, which what a terrible name for a kid. <laughs> and then uh, the third kid is Lo-Ami, and it's a picture of God's judgment for the bloodshed in Israel. He's withdrawing his love, and he's also withdrawing his covenant you know, contract to be their God and for them to be their people. And all of these judgments were a call to repentance. So we found ourselves reading in Hosea. And most of the prophets are more like mosaics. We, we like reading things that are in chronological order. Uh, these are more anthologies. So you'll have oracles of judgment, and then you'll have oracles of restoration uh, that are embedded within us. And that's the rhythm that you're going to find in, in all of the prophets. So it's more like a mosaic of moving back and forth between God's announcements of judgment and then his announcements of comfort that will come to the end of it. That's a rhythm you're going to find in every one of the prophets. The basic accusation you know, that God brings against his people or the charge he brings against his people is uh, you have been unfaithful to the covenant. If you do not repent, judgment is imminent. But even after you have been judged, I will call you back to myself and restore my faithfulness to you. And there's you know three basic you know things that uh, Israel and Judah are involved in. One is idolatry. Uh, they are going to the temple and they are worshiping God, but at the same time they're also offering sacrifices and participating in rituals you know to the local gods uh, as well. So there's idolatry. Not only is there idolatry, they're taking advantage of the poor. They're exploiting the poor, and social justice, you know, is a big issue as well. And then, of course, you know, God's basic argument is you're just going through the motions. You think ritual will save you. It's only true heart righteousness that will bring you into a relationship with me. So we continue with the book of Hosea. We go to Hosea chapter 9 today. We'll finish it up and start Micah uh, before we enter into next week. Before we do, as we always do, we pause and uh, offer ourselves in, in this moment to the Lord. Uh, David, do you mind lifting us up? No, let's pray. Father, we do thank you for a few moments in your word. Um, we ask as we uh, turn to Hosea 9 um, that we would, um, through your grace, through your spirit, um, behold wonderful things, and that we would be sobered um, as we read um, about the judgment coming to Israel. Um, 
Father, thank you for the grace you've given us. May we have eyes to see and, and ears to hear. And may you, um, by your grace, um, help us to be faithful to you. Um, Father, you are worthy of it. And we pray this all in the great name of Jesus. Amen. By the way, I'm Paul here with Cindy and David and Matt. Uh, Hosea chapter 9. And do not rejoice, Israel. Do not be jubilant like the other nations, for you've been unfaithful to your God. You love the wages of a prostitute at every threshing floor. Threshing floors and wine presses will not feed the people. The new wine will fail them. They will not remain in the Lord's land. The Ephraim will return to Egypt and eat unclean food in Assyria. They will not pour out wine offerings to the Lord, nor will they sacrifices please Him. Such sacrifices will be to them like the bread of mourners. All who eat them will be unclean. This food will be for themselves. It will not come to the temple of the Lord. What will you do on the day of your appointed festivals, on the feast days of the Lord? Even if they escape from destruction, neither Egypt will gather them, and Memphis will bury them. Their treasures of silver will be taken over by briars, and thorns will overrun their tents. The days of punishment are coming. The days of reckoning are at hand. Let Israel know this, because your sins are so many, and your hostility so great. The prophet is considered a fool, the inspired person, a maniac. The prophet, along with my God, is the watchman over Ephraim, yet sneers await him in all his paths and hostility in the house of his God. They have sunk deep into corruption, as in the days of Gibeah. God will remember their wickedness and will punish them for their sins. When I found Israel, it was like finding grapes in the desert. When I saw your ancestors, it was like seeing early fruit on the fig tree. But when they came to Baal Peor, they constructed themselves, uh, they consecrated themselves to that which was shameful and became as vile as the things they loved. Ephraim's glory will fly away like a bird, no birth, no pregnancy, no conception. Even if they rear children, I'll bereave them of every one. Woe to them when I take them away from them. I have seen Ephraim like Tyre planted in a pleasant place, but Ephraim will bring out their children to the slayer. Give them, Lord, what will you give them? Give them wombs that miscarry and breasts that are dry. Because of all their wickedness in Gilgal, I hated them there. Because of their sinful deeds, I will drive them out of my house. I'll no longer love them. All their leaders are rebellious. Ephraim is blighted. Their root is withered. They yield no fruit. Even if they bear children, I will slay their cherished offspring. My God will reject them because they have not obeyed him. They will be wonders among the nations." Obviously, this one is a portrait of judgment, and it's a portrait of you know very harsh judgment. And, and you'll remember at the very root of the covenant was you know God uh, calling Israel to be His people and to be faithful to them and to offer Himself as their protection. But as they reject Him, He would remove His presence and remove His uh, you know protection from them. Uh, the Old Testament metaphor is turn His face away from them. And of course, they're a small nation in the middle of these. Uh, vibrant world powers that are coming into a, in a greater and greater dominance, and, and they will suffer the consequence of relying on other nations, relying on false gods, mm-hmm. rather than relying on the one true God. And it will be dark indeed. And, and so we wince at these images of judgment. Uh, obviously, they are not as final, not as complete as ultimate judgment. And, and every bit as horrific as ultimate judgment 
But we always wince in the face of that. And this, of course, is an oracle of judgment from beginning to end. So if you're looking for a favorite verse in the middle of that, it's probably when I found Israel, it was like finding grapes in the desert. Yeah, <laughs> there's the high point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, you can see just how how upside down things have gone, how bad it's really gotten for for Israel. You know, he, I mean, he talks about how you know the prophet he's considered a fool, the inspired person. He's the maniac. And then even when he talks about their leaders a little bit lower in, in verse 15, though, their leaders, they're not examples to the people. They're not trying to, they're rebellious. And so you see how everything's just kind of turned and in that judgment, you know, we can see that they, they've wandered so far away that those who are supposed to be leading them aren't leading them. Those who are supposed to be the prophetic voice, you know, no one wants to hear from them. They're, they're maniacs. So they've just gone completely into their sin and, their idolatry and yeah this is a, a pretty heavy passage to look at and you have that you know all the way uh, all the way back to uh, you know before the writing prophets you have elijah and elisha and of course you have ahab the most wicked king in the history of israel well there, there were several of his uh, um, you know sons that might compete with him just a little bit but ahab one of the most wicked kings you know sees elijah and said there is the one who troubles israel and of course it's just the opposite of that uh, rather than seeing the problem you know with ourselves often we see the problem with those who would expose you know expose us and of course that's the case here and uh, paul would describe it uh, well uh, he would say in the latter days people will surround themselves you know with a, a myriad of teachers to teach them exactly what they want to hear and of course that's taking place here to their detriment they're not hearing the hard message of the prophets they're hearing the soft encouraging message uh, of the teachers that they like and the teachers that they've installed you know, one of the things i find helpful when when i read a passage like this and just reminded of i mean the, the message of judgment and and the sinfulness of Israel, you know, for you have been unfaithful to your God. You love the wages of a prostitute at every threshing floor. And, you know, they've turned the sacrifices and the offerings that, that should have been a delight to God and a delight in worship, and they've made it about themselves. And, um, and you get God saying, you know, um, you get this message of judgment. God will remember their wickedness and punish them for their sins. You know, but but there's a reminder to me that in, in the gospel, you know, we have that promise that God will no longer remember our sins because he has punished them you know, in Christ Jesus, not in, in us. Mm -hmm. and, and so seeing this message of judgment and knowing that, it's, that it's the same message really should come down on me, but it's come down on another. Um, and because it's come down on, on another who stood in my place, you know, I, I'm free to... To, to know God, to walk with him, to have my sins remembered no more. And, and so just even in this, you know, the, the, we're, we're getting to kind of the good news of Hosea soon. But right now, in the midst of judgment... I, I, think, I think that'll be Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, we are getting there, <laughs> getting getting there. there soon. And there will be oh, some, yeah. uh, you know, obviously oracles of comfort. Yeah. But salvation know, along comes through judgment. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And, and it's, it, there, there's nothing more horrible than you know, to be left to your own devices and to be left to the consequences of your sin. Of course, the descriptions we have in judgment are startling to us. But uh, again, you know, as we said in the introduction, uh, judgment in and of itself is is startling mm -hmm. and it is uh, 
those who for all of their lives have said, God, we don't want you to be a part of our lives, that finally he removes his common grace and his common good, and we were left the consequences of our fallenness and the, and the result of our sin. And it is not a, a pretty picture. Mm-hmm. You see that in verse 17, my God will reject them because they have not obeyed him. They will be wanderers among the nations. And so it's not that he's ceasing to love them or that, I mean, he's... They have caused this because of their own disobedience. It's their own sin that condemns them. And he is just being who he is, which is just and righteous. So um, he's dealing with it. And, uh, you know, the verse we said, which was our favorite verse, when I found Israel, they were like, you know, grapes in the desert. Uh, Just a a slight reminder of the joy of the early days uh, in the wilderness of God's provision. Mm -hmm. And now in their wealth, they have turned away from God. And, and the consequences will be a a return to the wilderness without the presence of their God, mm-hmm. uh, which is, 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 is rather stark. Mm-hmm. Heavenly Father, we thank you that um, you are righteous in all of your ways, and we read these uh, oracles of judgment, and, and they're stunning to us in their breadth and their depth and their horror, and, and yet uh, we, we, we know that you've not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. We thank you for your gracious and a compassionate God. And we thank you for the compassion we have found in our Lord Jesus Christ. And may we never in all of our prosperity and wealth take that for granted. Uh, but may we uh, look to the one who has given us all good things. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. 